Hi, y'all. This is Allie. And this is Mark. Thanks for joining us for our second episode. Bless you for coming back if you listened to the first one. We appreciate your grace as we get used to this format and as our nerves get better. If you're new to this podcast, welcome. Mark and I are going through the book of John, and in each episode, we read through sections of the Gospel of John. Last week, we read through the first 18 verses of chapter 1 and talked about what stood out to us and shared insights that we learned while studying about who Jesus is. By the end of the first season, we will have read through the entire Gospel of John. Mark, would you mind giving us a quick recap of what we talked about last week for those who missed it? Of course. Last week's study, we started at the beginning of John's Gospel, and we looked at how John's Gospel starts differently than the other Gospels. Instead of starting with Jesus' genealogy, it starts at creation. We also learn about Jesus being the Word and being at the beginning with God. We learned about Jesus being the light that will overcome the darkness. And lastly, about how when we receive Jesus, we become children of God. For today's podcast, we are continuing where we left off, starting at John chapter 1, verse 19, and going through to verse 34. This section in John's Gospel deals with John the Baptist, who we introduced and talked briefly about in the last episode. So now's the time to get out your Bible or open up the YouVersion Bible app on your phone and follow along. Feel free to highlight any verses that stick out to you or are confusing to you. Mark is going to read this next section, John chapter 1, verses 19 through 34. And again, if you don't own a Bible, we would love to send you one. Just let us know. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely. I am not the Messiah. They asked him, Then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Finally, they said, Who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied, In the words of the Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, But among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is the one I meant when I said a man who who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. 
I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. While Mark and I prepared for this week's episode, we had originally thought we would finish out chapter 1, but after digging into this section focused on John the Baptist, we quickly realized there was a lot to discuss right here. The first theme or word that stuck out to us was baptism. Mark and I wondered after reading this section, what did baptism mean for people in John the Baptist's time period? Were there baptisms before John the Baptist? We had a lot of questions. So we did some research and what we found was that baptism meant something different for Jews than it did for non-Jews or Gentiles. Jews did and do different types of ceremonial washing for religious rituals and baptisms were reserved for those wanting to convert to Judaism or for Gentiles wanting to become a Jew. The Jewish tradition of washing with water to cleanse oneself can be traced back to the Old Testament, such as this example in Leviticus chapter 14. A person who had recovered from an unclean skin disease had to wash his clothes, shave off all his hair, and bathe with water to be ceremonially clean. Or the washing with water was for a religious rite or ritual, such as this example from Leviticus chapter 8. At the consecration of the priests, Moses brought Aaron and his sons forward and washed them with water. During John the Baptist's ministry, he baptized with water as a symbol of a person's repentance of sins, and this repentance was often repeated as needed. His baptisms with water were missing a component that Jesus would baptize with, the Holy Spirit. In verse 31, John the Baptist says, And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Then we had another question. Well, what is and who is the Spirit? We just learned last week that Jesus was there in the beginning of creation. If we read a little further in Genesis verse 1 and 2, we see someone else who was there in the beginning. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and the darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Spirit was there in the beginning with Jesus and God. John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus to come and to baptize not only with water, but with the Spirit of God. This is what the baptisms in Christian churches today are rooted in, baptizing with water and the Spirit. Jesus, the Word, became flesh in order to bring the Spirit of God down with him. For those who receive and believe in him, that same Spirit will live in you and give you the power to overcome darkness and sin. With the Holy Spirit, we have access to God himself through Jesus Christ and the authority that comes with knowing him. Once you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, you are a new creation. John really dives deep into what being a new creation means and who the Spirit is in upcoming chapters. So, if you still have questions, you are not alone. So do we. We will dive deeper into this, so stay tuned for that. Mark, was there a word or theme that stuck out to you in these verses? A word that stood out to me in this section was the title used to identify Jesus, Lamb of God. When John the Baptist first sees Jesus, he calls him the Lamb of God. I thought this was significant to discuss because I honestly have never thought too hard about it. Even though I have heard it used to describe Jesus, to understand why John the Baptist identifies Jesus this way, 
we went back to the very first Passover. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew or Jewish people were slaves to the Egyptian people, and Moses, who was commanded by God to free his people, God performed nine signs to convince the Egyptian Pharaoh to release his people. On the tenth and final sign, God instructed Moses to tell the Hebrews to slaughter a perfect lamb and put the blood on the wooden doorposts so the angel of death sent to kill the firstborn of every home would pass over their house. This blood of the lamb protected the firstborn children from all who put blood on their doorposts. This first Passover freed the Hebrew people. They went from slavery to freedom and from death to new life. Lambs were used as a sacrifice throughout the Bible from Abraham to Jesus' time. Lambs were often used in sacrificial practices in Jewish culture. Lambs were known for their white coats and white as a symbol of purity and cleanliness. Hebrew chapter 9 verse 22 lays out why sacrifices were made in Jewish culture. It says, In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. John the Baptist calls Jesus the Lamb of God because Jesus will take on all the sins of the world in order that he might be the greatest and last sacrifice. Jesus' blood grants us freedom from slavery and the bondage of sin and delivers us from eternal death to eternal life with God. Jesus was perfect and without blemish so that he could be the perfect Lamb Offer to atone for all of my sins and all of your sins, so that we may live in eternity with Him and God. He loves me and you that much. We just celebrated Resurrection Day when Jesus conquered death and rose to eternal life. His sacrifice for me is almost too much to grasp that He will become like a lamb and be slaughtered for the things that I have done wrong and will do wrong. Yes, I totally agree. His sacrifice for me is hard to fully grasp. And for John the Baptist to use this as the first words to describe Jesus, it just highlights the importance of the meaning behind him being the Lamb of God. So the last thing we wanted to discuss, and the most prevalent theme in these verses, is a reoccurring one throughout the Gospel of John, Testimony. John shows us who Jesus is by introducing witnesses who testify about the identity of Jesus. John the Baptist was the first witness that John introduce, introduces us to testify about who Jesus is. We briefly introduced John the Baptist last week and his role to bear witness to the light. What stood out to me when reading this section was how adamant John the Baptist's responses were when he was interrogated. In verse 20, it says, He did not fail to confess, but confess freely. I am not the Messiah. I use the word interrogated because this is exactly what was happening to him. Pharisees, leaders of Jewish law, were sent to question John the Baptist to see if he was breaking any of their laws. I believe that John the Baptist had every opportunity in this moment to exalt himself or to diminish his ministry in order to please his interrogators. He had many followers and disciples. Many people looked to him for guidance. He could have tried to describe the influence he had over people or tell of the many he had baptized, but he chose to stay humble and bold. He knew who he was and what role God had given him. That role was to deny himself and point others to who Jesus was. 
Verse 27 speaks to his humility again when he describes Jesus. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Untying the strap of a sandal before foot washing was the duty of the lowest slave in the house. The world then and now exalted those who were prideful. Humility was not a trait that was sought after. I know I need to be more humble in my job, in my role as a wife and a mom, in serving others. The world tells us to hustle and get ourselves to the top, and John the Baptist is telling us to get on our knees and point others to Jesus. I often forget or lose sight of the role that God has for me. He wants me to use my actions and my words to point others to Jesus. It's that simple. There was one last thing that stood out to me regarding John the Baptist and his character. I find a lot of strength and encouragement in how he just knows who he is, his boldness. There is no doubt or uncertainty when he testifies. He doesn't misspeak or stutter, though we don't really know that from reading this text. I just like to imagine that he stands there, tall and proud, almost indignant. Like, why don't these people get it? I know that I probably would have shriveled in fear being interrogated like John the Baptist was, or I would have tried to talk my way out of the situation. I struggle with fear, which leads me to often question myself and my abilities. But man, isn't John the Baptist such an awesome example of being rooted in God's purpose for his life and using his God-given abilities to glorify Jesus instead of himself? And because he was humble and devoted to God as his witness to the light of Jesus' coming, John the Baptist was exalted and given a great responsibility to proclaim who the Messiah was and to be the one to introduce him to the world. Yes, I hope we can be more like John the Baptist and have the honor of introducing or reintroducing to you who Jesus is. Since we want this study to be focused on who Jesus is, let's remind each other of the titles and things we have learned so far about Jesus in these first 34 verses. John has shown us so far that Jesus is God. He's the Word our creator, he's eternal, the one and only son, the light of all mankind. He brings grace and truth. He's our father and overcomer of darkness. This week we can add that Jesus is also the lamb of God. He takes away the sin of the world. He is God's chosen one and he baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Now here comes your part. We wanna hear from you. What are some of the things that you've noticed in this section of John's gospel? Anything that specifically stood out to you? What questions do you have from reading or listening? One big question we would love to hear your response to is, what has been your experience with baptism? Allison and I have both been baptized at church about two years ago, but our knowledge and experience with baptism growing up in different churches was very different, and I bet yours was too. Please drop us a note on our Facebook podcast page. We started a group there to help further facilitate discussion If you haven't been baptized and are interested in learning more about what it means, talk to one of the pastors at your church. They would absolutely love to help you learn more about it. We say it often, but it's because we really care about each and every one who listens and studies along with us. We would love to connect with you off of this podcast. We want to hear your thoughts and feedback and answers to those questions. You can do that by messaging us on our Facebook page, The Word with the Sloops, or in the group on the page, or for those of our friends and family who have our numbers via phone or text. 
We want to hear from you and we welcome any questions. Your questions may reappear in future episodes. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, stay connected, and keep praying. Thank you for joining us for our second episode, and we hope that you will continue to join us as we finish up the first chapter of the Gospel of John. Next week, Jesus has entered the scene and he calls his first disciples. Let us pray for you as we close this episode. Abba, Father, I thank you for another day, for the blossoms of spring flowers and the life-giving rain. I thank you that you have created me to fulfill a specific role in this life. Thank you for giving me a purpose. Forgive me for when I doubt my purpose and when I let fear keep me from fulfilling my role. Jesus, I pray that you would reach every heart that listens to this episode and that each person would feel the depth of the sacrifice you made for them and the great love you have for each of us. I ask that your word would speak fresh life into those who read it. Keep me humble and keep me bold. I love you, Father. Amen. Jesus, thank you for being the Lamb of God, for sacrificing your life for mine. Thank you for protecting this house from sickness. Thank you for giving those who believe in you the power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus, keep me humble as we share who you are with others. Let my life point to you and your love. I pray for and ask for healing for those affected by the virus across the world. I pray for all those listening today that you would protect their homes from this virus, from mental illness, from despair, and replace any feelings of hopelessness with your light. Thank you, Jesus, for being this light. In your powerful and awesome name we pray. Amen.